You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Renee Davis, who is the owner and CEO of ProDevo Design and Consulting. Uh, Renee, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to talk about this because uh, this is this is going to be a really good topic. So why don't you start out by telling us about you as a nurse, uh, where you got started and how it led to uh, creating this company? So sure. So um, I've been a nurse for um, 18 years now. And um, I, it's funny because, you know, I, I hear a lot of folks like they when they talk about their journey in nursing um, that, you know, they'll start out by saying, you know, as a child, they've always they, they always wanted to be a nurse from ever since they were a child. That actually is not my narrative. Um, I, uh, <laughs> that's not my narrative. That was not um, my thoughts as a child, actually. Um, but I, I always wanted to be in education. I always wanted to, I always would pretend to, to be a teacher and all this stuff. And, and I knew I wanted to be in education. And then as I got older, I realized I wanted to do something in healthcare. And so it kind of fell into place when I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll use the term landed um, um, in nursing. And so my, my other venture within healthcare, it just wasn't really a match for me. And so I, I reevaluated and decided to uh, actually, you know, to look at nursing and, and nursing has changed so much. Um, I, I have an older sister who's 12 years older than me, who's also a nurse and who's also in nursing education. And so at that time, um, you know, she became a nurse in the late 80s, early 90s. And so at that time, nursing was very different. So my outlook and perception of nursing was what I saw her doing. And I, I wasn't sure if I was cut out for that, to be honest. But as I, you know, got older, a generation later, um, I realized that, um, and I started the program, I realized that nursing um, was, was a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Um, <laughs> it is pretty cool. <laughs> it, it is pretty cool. And I realized while being in the profession, so the diversity of the, of the career that, that I chose for myself and how I can, you know, uh, move about um, relatively freely, you know, once I was able to educate myself on different areas that I enjoyed within the profession. Um, so my clinical uh, specialty was in adult med surge. So uh, typical, you know, kind of general um, med surge. And then I, I moved into more of a surgical side of things, not the OR, but just like surgical uh, floor. Um, and, you know, as many nurses, I held a number of roles um, and in home care, um, uh, worked in home care, worked as an ambulatory setting. And I think it was actually the home care experience that brought me into um, this, this liking of education even more. It, it actually kind of resurged. Um, remember, I said I always wanted to be a teacher, but then I knew I wanted to be in healthcare too. And so the, the elements of patient education that is so prevalent, it, that's basically, you know, 90% of the job in, in home care is patient education. And so um, that really reignited my, my, thoughts and my, my vision for wanting to be a teacher. And so, 
I, I kind of, you know, that, that kind of evolved into a uh, clinical instructor role that I chanced upon. And so I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize that I was kind of laying out my path, um, you know, to go into nursing education in such an early part of my career, my profession in nursing. So I think I was on the floors for maybe about five years or so. And then um, I had a number of experiences within the units, different surgical units, and then uh, rolled into nursing education. And that's pretty much where I've landed for and have been for the past, um, let's say, uh, 17 years, well, 11 years in nursing education specifically. And I had other roles within that time frame to make up my 18 years in nursing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing that I love about nursing is because the more you just follow what you love doing, uh, the more you can kind of niche yourself into a role that's just like absolutely perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nursing that's education is certainly not the role for everybody in nursing, but it's great that you found that. Um, so what did, what did you find like some of the problems are in nursing education? What were kind of the big things that were jumping out? So, so it's interesting when I joined, um, so I, I had some clinical instructor roles, as I mentioned, for um, uh, BSN uh, programs and, and um, of that nature. So I was on the units with the students and um, it was only when I got into my, my last role um, where I was a nurse educator, but not in a hospital setting. It was a unique role where I was a nurse educator in a working within a corporate entity that um, a health system that I worked for out here um, had, where we conducted you know orientation and things like that. Not from an HR perspective orientation, but a, a clinical orientation with skills demonstrations and things like that. And one of the things I noticed, which is which is what kind of moved me into where I am now is um, learner engagement. We were having a really hard time with our nurse learners, right? So this is a, um, a professional nursing orientation, uh, a professional, uh, actually a professional interprofessional program. So we had nurses, nurse practitioners, and PAs um, in our program come through our, our, our centralized orientation, and then they would fan out to their um, different hospitals that they were hired for that was within the health system. And so what, we, what I quickly realized is that um, learner engagement was, was lacking. It was, it was going down quickly um, because what we were doing um, was we were basically you know, using traditional ways of teaching and learning, lecture-based, heavy, heavy, heavy lecture-based um, content. We had some skills demonstration and return demonstration here and there, which had to you know, go on their records for like competency, validation, et cetera. But for the most part, the way that we delivered our education was heavily, heavy uh, lecture based. Um, and so um, I have three small kids. And so after coming back from maternity leave, um, after my third child, I was recommended by my director at the time to lead um, the launch of the health system's first uh, learning management system or LMS for short. And so, and this was for all of the nursing education across the entire enterprise. And so this was a huge undertaking because although I'm quite tech savvy, um, I had no idea what a learning management system was. <laughs> um, this was very, very new terms for me, um, but I was honored and I was blessed to be asked to do this because that basically changed my trajectory for the rest of my time at, that, at my prior place of employment and then leading into what I'm doing now. 
And so what started to happen is as educators realized, oh, we have this platform that can kind of be like a repository and a, and a, um, a library and, and, a, and an area to manage our courses for our nurse learners, for our staff learners, we can send them to this learning management system to you know, access their education. Oh, now we need to move to e-learning. And so e-learning be became a lot more popular, uh, which was fine. But what was happening is that um, a lot of educators were taking their traditional lectures and just kind of putting them on slides, which, <laughs> which that, was not, that was not ideal. Uh, because what ended up happening was that our learners were now taking the e-learning and they were just clicking, 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 clicking until they got to the inevitable post-test and they were done. Yes. And we started to question, did, we did these learners retain anything? No. And we started, <laughs> no, they did not. And we started realizing, you know, after we would assign them various e-learning modules, whether it be an hour centralized orientation or even when they were in the different hospitals with their site-specific uh, nurse educators, if we asked them to do a return demonstration on something, it was very challenging for them to do that um, with, with ease uh, because they were not reading all these, this copious amount of, it, of information. And so going a long answer to your question, original question in terms of what were the problems that I saw, like I said, learner engagement was really going. And as we transitioned into more e-learning, we realized that we needed to engage our learners even more now that we are asking them to complete these modules, many of them very lengthy modules, especially um, as we got to like our annual um, mandatory education and things like that, it, this was now multiple modules that were very, very lengthy, each one of them. And so it was just becoming a nightmare for our learners. It was very evident. Um, and so we started, myself and a colleague started putting on learner engagement classes for the nurse educators. Uh, we offered CEUs. Um, as an incentive because, um, you know, we were part of a large health system and so many of the educators were pretty much dispersed uh, throughout the area and so they would come, you know, so we wanted to give folks incentive for coming out in person to these classes. Obviously, this was, you know, very well before COVID, right? Um, and these classes, we, we put on maybe like two or three of these learner engagement classes and, and in these classes, what we did was, um, really demonstrate and, and, and uh, profile various um, educational technology tools that can be used in nursing education. And so, you know, if you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right, the famous saying, and if you don't have to access something um, or use something, especially um, if, if you're looking at the traditional role of a teacher or an educator, um, technology you know, was outside of like, you know, using overhead slides, if you remember those kind of days, I remember oh, those, yeah. uh, you know, the overheads and then moving into, you know, electronic slideshows. So our PowerPoint, right, um, for, for, um, for one huge example, which is still very largely used, and that's fine. Um, outside of that, we don't really pay attention to what else is kind of going on. And I realized that, you know, our society is changing and the way that our nurses and just people in general are accessing information and learning is changing. And so we need to see, we need to put them in the driver's seat and we need to see how they learn and how they're learning is that they're learning with the technology in their hand. They're expecting that when they come to orientations and new jobs as a nurse, that you're going to be, you know, utilizing technology. And that wasn't happening that much. And that's why we were losing learner engagement. And so each of these classes that we started doing each class was getting more and more filled than the other in terms of with nurse 
educators that wanted to learn more about these tech tools. Um, and so after a few years of doing that um, for that organization, uh, which was a great organization that supported me all along the way, even when I decided to leave, um, I realized that in addition to you know, some family things and realizing and just kind of reevaluating my, my time in nursing and realizing that, you know, I have three small kids and um, my husband uh, is a consultant, so he travels often. And I realized in between the family stuff and then what was happening in education and, and as learners and as an educator, I figured, you know, I felt like it was time for me to venture out on my own and be able to consult uh, educators in this way so that they can they can engage their learners and that's how i landed where i am today well there's a lifetime of work out there because <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you uh just from our my academic um experience mm -hmm. especially with the COVID, um, yeah. even before that is that you know we we sit down and like you said we do these three hour lectures that's how long the class is like from four to seven it's three hours the presenter comes in that nine times out of ten they're boring as anything and all they do is read the powerpoint slides and then we call yep. it a day mm -hmm. and we've taken that exact same model and put it online so the the students can be bored by themselves and we don't have to, to listen to it anymore so you know that was kind of the answer yeah but one of my biggest experiences in starting my business was taking online courses uh, through you know you know to learn facebook ads or learn this or that mm -hmm. and one of the most effective um because I, I was getting really tired of these two and three hour lectures i'm like oh my god i can't listen to another two hour lecture on facebook ads um, yep across this company that had this learning management system where they broke it down into tidbits of like five minute videos so yep. i taken that back to the school of nursing and said why don't we break down this three hour lecture into five minute videos and then they could just pick correct need yeah um, micro learning micro learning yeah yep. the micro yeah there, there you go yeah, there's a term for it <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah yeah, so um, I'm interested. The other thing that I learned was that uh, instead of doing those dense paragraph PowerPoints, you know, where it's somebody's like, I know you can't see anything on the slide, but this mm -hmm. is what <laughs> So, uh, you know, I started using pictures to explain yes. the PowerPoint, but found that the students were like obsessed with having that PowerPoint that was jam-packed with information mm -hmm. they would get upset when I sent them a PowerPoint full of pictures. <laughs> so, did, did you have any kind of like that experience and did you find that people uh, like what kind of um, I guess techniques have you used to engage um, your students uh, or these nurses and NPs? So what we started using, we used a number of things, right? And I have to say that, um, you know, like I said, when I was in my former role, when all this kind of started evolving, um, the leadership that, that we worked with um, was so open-minded uh, to, to kind of allowing me to just fly with whatever ideas I had, um, because I, I made the case for it that, you know, our learners are not learning. They cannot, they can't do simple return demonstrations because we're you know, we're doing these two hour lectures and they're done within the first like 20 minutes, if that long. So we started using, um, we started with gamification, right? So using, they have their mobile devices. And, and so oftentimes um, those that are in nursing education, they, they oftentimes have uh, two roles. They're in professional development and they might moonlight in academia or vice versa. They might be um, an educator in academia and maybe moonlight as in professional development. So. I had used um, a lot of these techniques in both um, genres uh, because they are, 
they, they, they overlap nurse, nurse educators that are in professional development and those that are in academia that are professors in the schools. Um, however, they are two very different entities in terms of their goals and, and uh, the goals for their learners, right? And so um, we started with gamification and, and because I noticed that obviously everyone, you know, 99.9% .9 of our nurse learners are coming in with uh, devices in their head, whatever that device might be. You can't even say a cell phone. It's, it can be a smartphone, it could be an iPad, it could be both. What a, what a Samsung Note, whatever it might be, it's going to be some sort of mobile device. And these learners needed to access information quickly and they needed to be engaged in it. So one of the things we started with was gamification. So using platforms, and again, I don't, uh, just to, as a disclaimer, I don't work for any of these platforms. I'm an independent contractor, um, but I'm just sharing platforms that worked for, for us. Um, so using things like um, Kahoot or Socrative or um, using other, you know, video platforms also. Video uh, is king still to this day um, in whatever we do nowadays. Video um, helps to bring it in. So trying to get in some video within the e-learning content, right? So as opposed to having them um, reading, like you mentioned, putting all those long presentations on slides with all this copious amounts of, of content text on there, um, you know, interjecting some of that text with maybe some pop-up, you know, knowledge check questions, right? Or um, using, uh, you know, features that, that allowed them to uh, play a game in between, so that in between the, the content, so that it kind of woke them up a little bit. And it, and it kind of was like, okay, let's, let's snap back into, into the learning because you're, you're starting to drown out a little bit from reading all this information. Um, putting some videos in there. So as opposed to reading all this text, perhaps having like little video vignettes uh, of, of what you're trying to portray, especially if it's, if it's um, you know, a, a, a competency or, or, or an area or a skill, I should say, <clears throat> that requires you to kind of see what it looks like in order to return that demonstration. So it's very challenging to put a whole bunch of text, you know, of steps, you know, step one, step two, you know, et cetera, when it comes to some of these skills. And sometimes it's just easier to just see it. So for example, patient identification, um, you know, that became a, a, a huge issue, right? In terms of making sure that we're identifying the patients, it's a, it's a joint commission, um, you know, a recommendation that you have something in place for proper patient identification, et cetera. And so, you know, if, if, if an organization has a number of steps in terms of how you're supposed to identify your patients, right, name, date of birth, whatever it's supposed to be, <clears throat> it's a lot more engaging and a lot easier to comprehend if you can watch a, a scenario, role play, or watch a video of someone identifying a patient the right way um, and then asking that learner to return the demonstration versus having them read a bunch of text, you know, with different scenarios of like, okay, you encounter patient A, you know, how do you identify this patient, you know, et cetera. And so we realized that, you know, doing things like gamification, video, um, you know, and even for my classes that I taught in, in school, as like I said, I, I also um, moonlight as an adjunct. Um, I tried different things with my learners too. And so as opposed to having them, you know, read the textbook and answer some of these questions, I had them listen to a podcast, right? I actually, um, I love podcasts. I, I, I love the, um, I love and appreciate the, the, the platform and the idea of, of, of capturing people through audio. 
And so um, I became, I'm not, but it's funny, I love podcasts, but I'm not an avid listener. I actually just started listening to podcasts most re- probably within the last like year or two. Um, but it really is, is a huge, and it's a great platform to really capture folks' attention in a different way, you know, and in, in using, you know, in terms of, uh, for even for our auditory learners. And so and as opposed to asking my, my students to read a, a chapter or two or what have you, which I know I wouldn't want to read either, even as the instructor, um, I'd have them listen to, to a podcast where some of the um, instructor resources, the authors of some of these textbooks turn some of their chapters into podcasts. And so I would assign that for the students to listen to, especially if it's, if it's something that doesn't require you to see what, the, what they're talking about. It's just something that you can listen to. Maybe if it's talking about policies or, you know, um, you know different types of, of things that don't require, different types of topics that don't require you to see the procedure being done. A podcast is great for that. So those were some of the things that we were starting to, that, that you know, we started to implement with our learners. So tell me a little bit about the business and how you decided to start the business and what you wanted to do. Like, what was the vision for this? So my vision was basically to arm nurse educators. So nurse educators is basically, those. that's my target audience. And I wanted to arm nurse educators with the, the knowledge, the mindset, the confidence, um, and the tech tools, basically to be able to enhance and, and maximize their nurse learner engagement. That's my mission. That that's my vision. I, my, you know, you know, another element of my vision is that you know I want to see nurse learners engaged at the hands of educators who are armed with these tools in their what we so often call a toolkit, right? And they're able to use these different things with um, with the confidence that they can do it. A lot of these platforms um, that are used for education they are not necessarily used in health education. And, and so this even crosses, this transcends even just nursing, even if you look at medical education or physical therapy, I'm sure they're all going through the same thing where they have to um, learn this vital information, but a lot of the information is very long. Some of it is very dry. And um, you know, how are we engaging our learners? Because at the end of the day, these learners have to take what they've, what they've hopefully learned from your class class and translate that to patient care. And so how are we even making sure that they can do that if, if they're not even engaged, right? And so that's, that's really my, that was where the, this whole, you know, process and this business kind of came out of is just being able to engage our learners because I saw what was happening. And so consulting with educators to get them to a place, um, because it is also a mindset shift as well. And we're seeing a lot of issues, especially now intra-COVID, you know, during COVID and now post-COVID and leading into, you know, the next phase of COVID, whatever that might be when it's coming or what have you, where a lot of um, educators, um, nurse educators are trying to figure out, you know, they have to do a very hard and fast transition to remote and online learning, something that you know, is not inherent if it in a, for traditional educators that are typically used to standing and delivering. And so we've had to change for a long time and COVID, unfortunately, it's going to sound a little odd, but I feel like it was kind of our moment of reckoning because it's, it's now forced us to change the way that we're doing things and stop doing things the way that we, that we've, that it's always been done. 
Yeah, that's funny that you say that because I do say that a lot and I always preface it with like, I know this sounds weird, but like, I love COVID because it did all this stuff for us, you know, that's a horrible <laughs> thing to say, but you know, I mean, from the perspective right. of change, like it, it is Correct. a lot of great change. Now, let me ask you a question because this is like from the faculty perspective, mm -hmm. when you change a learning management system or you change the, the delivery mode or something, there's that perception of um, all of a sudden the burden now is on me to entertain the students in a way um, and I have to kind of figure it out and as a academic nobody ever taught me how to create edutainment if you will um, correct students so how does your company help facilitate uh, this transition or, or what how do you approach that so you know it, it actually is making it easier for the educator um, because if you think about it um, you know, if you're familiar with educators or, or, or uh, at all, it's like we spend or we would spend or several of us spend um, large amounts of time creating these slide decks, 50 slides, 60 slides, 100 slides, most of it being full of um, text. Whereas we can take that time and for one, think about it from the learner's perspective, put ourselves in the learner's shoes appreciate and understand that our learners have changed. They're no longer changing, They're, they've changed. Um, you know, they have the technology in their hands and as opposed to what many educators were doing was asking folks, can you please put away your phones? Can you please put away your devices? Can you please put away your devices? Take them out, have your students take them out. And actually this takes away, you don't have to be an entertainer um, on, on the stage. The, there's that saying, um, being a sage on the stage. We, we no longer need to be that sage on the stage. We can now be the guide on the side where we can facilitate the learning, right? And um, put it in the learner's hands, make them more accountable because what's happening, um, like you just mentioned, whereas when you would um, switch your text for pictures and your learners were upset about that, right? Because they've come into a way of being spoon-fed their education. We have to change that. And so that's why um, a lot of what I, what I do is helping to change the mind, like working to change the mindset, very hard to change one's mindset totally. Um, but COVID is forcing us to do that. So, you know, it actually takes some of the work away from the educator and it says, okay, um, we've learned about, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to, um, this is kind of like that flipped classroom model where the educator's like, you know, I'm gonna ask you to look up, you know, these, uh, key topics, key terms, and I want you to come back and present on it, you know, the next day. Um, and they could use whatever devices that they want. They could present in whatever way that they want to. They can include um, gamification if they wanted to, to engage their, their learners as they're presenting as the educators. And whereas you are the educator and you can now sit back and watch things take place and you can learn from your students. So it actually is um, integrating more educational technology tools um, is actually taking some of the legwork away from, from educators a bit and just allowing them to, to put everything, not everything, but make our students more accountable and responsible for the education so that we're no longer spoon feeding, feeding them, excuse me. Right, yeah, and I mean, the other thing that uh, they did to uh, our faculty was they decided that um, in isolation, technology had to be incorporated. So they gave all the students iPads and mm -hmm. said, you have to use the iPad. And then said to the faculty, you know, you have to use the iPad. And it was mm -hmm. just kind of like, 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not right. sure that's helping the learning process of it. So um, now you do uh, these consultations. Do you build out LMS systems, or do you like uh, show people exactly how to integrate technology and all that kind of stuff uh, so that they can build their own programs for the nurses? Or what exactly do you do with a, a nurse educator? So I don't build out um, learning management systems that well beyond um, my scope. However, I do have a very firm understanding of learning management systems. So when I consult with nurse, ed nurse educators, I consult with them and you know somewhat educate the educator on different ways, different platforms, and different ways that they can use these platforms and they can integrate it. Not just not just using it, but really integrating it. There is a there is a difference between utilization and integration and how they can integrate it into their, um, their coursework and their course delivery um, to enhance the engagement of their learners. So, you know, for example, I may introduce, um, you know, um, various ways that we can use Zoom, for example, since we're, since we're on that platform. I mean, we've been Zooming it up over the past few months, um, you know, the, the percentage of, of utilization of Zoom has skyrocketed um, with all of this, uh, um, with the shutdown and things like that due to COVID. And so, but there are so many ways that you can use Zoom uh, in education. Um, you know, you can use Zoom. There are ways to have breakout rooms where you can break out your classes um, in, a, in such a way where they're in small groups. And you as the educator can kind of float through, so to speak, um, each room, each breakout room that you've created, once you've um, given them an assignment to work on, you can kind of float through each room and provide guidance and provide, you know, um, some sort of, you know, facilitate in some sort of way, whatever it is that you've assigned them to do, you can have them in these breakout rooms and then you can have them in there for a designated amount of time and then maybe bring everybody back together and they can share whatever it is that they were working on in their group related to the topic for the day. So really I work with these educators to show them these different platforms that's around, which like I said, we don't know what we don't know. So if you haven't had to use it, so for example, um, you know, a lot of the products that Google has, um, Google Slides, for example. I wasn't a huge fan of Google Slides before. Um, however, there's so many uh, integrations and add-ons that you can use with Google Slides to make it interactive. That's what I do with educators. I bring them into the arena of educational technology um, and show them these tools and more so how it can be integrated and not not leaving behind the pedagogy at the end of the day, right? We're not saying that we're supposed to scrap everything that we've learned about adult learning, but we're actually supposed to really pay more attention to what we've learned about the adult learner and be able to just use these tools that were not available 100 years ago with the um, you know, Spanish flu pandemic, right? Um, they didn't have these kind of tools with education. How did they manage, right? Now we have the luxury of all these platforms. Many of them are free or have free options, as I know, a lot of us in nursing education are tied to our budgets. Um, but, you know, using these, integrating these platforms, I should say, um, to take us to a place where our learners have not been to before. And we can really start to, so I try to start to change, have a bit of a mindset shift in embracing it. Um, you know, there was someone who uh, made a statement in, in one, of these, uh, one of the journals that I follow with the Association for Nursing Professional Development in one of the articles I, I read most recently, she was saying, you know, we can either um, embrace it or we can fight it. And honestly, <laughs> it's like in this situation, there's no gray, there's no gray space. Um, you have to, you have to embrace it at this point. Like, there's no turning back. 
um, technology is not going anywhere. And so let's use it, let's integrate it so we can maximize our, our learners' um, engagement. So Absolutely. that's what I do with, with our educators is I, I just kind of bring them in and I, and I show them, basically educate them and consult them on how they can use these different platforms for what they need for their classes, specific to what they need for their classes or their onboarding procedures or orientation classes, et cetera. All right, uh, so let me transition this up just slightly. Um, but so how do you, like, who actually hires you and how do you market to those people, the service that you offer? So I've marketed, that's actually a really great question because, um, you know, the I started Podivo in August of 2018. So we're approaching a two year anniversary. So I still find myself to be in the infancy stages, but I'm, you know, I'm doing, I've been doing a lot of speaking engagement. So marketing as the umbrella um, has, I've tried different, things as I would say I'm still relatively new um, in this in the area of being a nursepreneur as you've as you've coined the term. Um, so in terms of speaking engagement, I still submit abstracts for you know various uh, national or and international organizations. I actually have um uh, I had an international speaking engagement set up for Abu Dhabi for two weeks from now but that got canceled. Oh, no. Oh no, but um, they, uh, it was for the Nursing Honor Society, Sigma Theta Tau, and so they turned that into a virtual conference. So I won't be able to be in Abu Dhabi um, this particular year, but I'm, I was still able to speak there virtually. So a lot of speaking engagements, I, you know, that's part of my marketing in terms of getting out there and speaking. And I think um, nurses have so much to offer that we really need to get on that, on the speaking circuit a little bit more because we have so many great things to offer especially in nursing education. So that's one of the ways. Um, other ways is that I, I have been marketing to, um, you know, leadership in, in nursing. So CNOs, CEOs, um, deans of, of uh, nursing schools, right? And, and looking at the, the leadership organization and the leadership of the organization and, and uh, marketing that way. And then most recently, I've decided that going, you know, B2C in terms of, you know, business to customer. So my, my consumer, my customer would really be um, you know, the actual nurse educators, right? The ones that are in the trenches, boots on the ground. And so I've also began marketing to them as well. Um, a lot of it is online, uh, whether via LinkedIn, I have, that's my main portal of, of uh, promotion and marketing, so to speak, is LinkedIn. But I also share some things on Facebook and Twitter as well. Yeah, LinkedIn's amazing. <laughs> I, lo I love LinkedIn. I've I've, I've been a, I've been a, a LinkedIn um, cheerleader for several years now, and um, you know it's it, it's still really super interesting that when I speak to a lot of people, and and again, I'm I don't work for LinkedIn. I'm I'm just a huge fan and and a, and a big user of it. Um, I still find it super interesting that those in our industry, you know, when I talk to friends of mine that are in the nursing industry, that we're we're still not on it. There's a lot of folks. Oh, I don't I don't even I don't I haven't updated my LinkedIn. I don't even. That's not because a lot of folks don't even have a good understanding of what it's there for. It's not just for job searches, right? And and I think that's what I think that's what people had a misconception of how it was how it can be used when you know early on. Um, but it has so many, it's it has so many functionalities that um you know I I encourage everyone to get, it, especially those in nursing. Oh my gosh, Renee, you have no idea. Like, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying my best to help nurses with their LinkedIn accounts. I really am. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it, oh man, I've done that too. I've I've put on some classes for nurses, um, you know, as a favor to 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 someone that is um a um that was wanted to get their especially their leadership staff on 
uh, LinkedIn and really optimize their profile and things like that. And it was, it was a struggle. But if we, <laughs> if I asked those same members of leadership and, you know, uh, for that class that I did, you know, what's your Facebook page or Instagram page looking like? Oh, it's all, it's all decked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but LinkedIn is just like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's really, um, under, it's highly underutilized. And yeah. I think especially, you know, given the generation that we're in right now, um, I even remember hearing this a very long time ago, like years ago, um, I think on like one of those news shows or whatever, that one of the best gifts that you can give like a new grad is like a paid LinkedIn, <laughs> um, uh, account right? So that they can start to build their online portfolio and get that out there. And that was years ago. And, and I think that still resonates today, especially as we're even looking more into entrepreneurship, especially specifically as we're seeing more nurses um, get into entrepreneurship. It's such an amazing platform for something like that. Oh, yeah. And what people don't realize is that it's an SEO engine. It's a search engine. So, And when mm-hmm. I wrote the acute care guidelines, I found every one of my authors out of LinkedIn because when I typed in, you know, I need an endocrinology nurse practitioner, it sent me to a LinkedIn profile that had that, um, that used those words. Uh, so it's very, very powerful that way. And when you don't treat it with respect and you let it go, you just don't get found. Oh yeah, absolutely. It has, a, it has very similar algor- algorithms to the other uh, social media platforms. So it's, you know, you got to use it or else you lose it. Um, Okay, Renee, so just kind of wrapping up here, why don't you tell us how we can get in touch with you, where we can find you, um, and all that kind of good stuff. So I can be found in a number of places nowadays. Um, (laughs) LinkedIn. Yeah, although I am a huge LinkedIn fan, um, I have opened up my my, uh, visibility, I'll call it, on the other social media platforms. So I can be found on uh, Twitter at ProDevo DC, D as in David, C as in consulting, um, as well as Facebook under uh, ProDevo Design and Consulting, of course, LinkedIn, uh, my website, www.prodevogroup.com, and then uh, my email, prodevodc at gmail.com. And we will put all of that information into the show notes so that everybody has it. Um, Renee, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Katie, for having me. I, I, like I said, I've, I've listened to a number of your episodes and, and I really respect and appreciate uh, what you're doing for uh, nursing and specifically the nursing entrepreneur um, uh, genre. So. All right, thank you.